murder lovers, this is Fatina. This is Bree. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Today we're going to be listening to Bree's first story. I'm so excited to hear it, and it's been a while since I've been able to just sit back and enjoy a story. So I'm just gonna like kick back and and listen to the case. I have no idea what you're doing today. What are you doing today? I'm doing the case of Skylar Niece. Green light. Let's go. Yay! (laughs) So when I was searching for it, I just googled like birthday murder 2012. (sighs) But this literally has nothing to do with her birthday, so I don't know why it came what? up. I'm like, Weird. this wasn't the only murder that happened in 2012, but it the popped up. The only murder. The only murder. Can the only murder imagine? worth mentioning. No. And I just about had a heart attack when I was typing all of this up. My laptop is from like <laughs> right after we graduated college. <laughs> so 2011, like right before this case even happened and I was like is it really been that long I think Tyson got it for me for my birthday after we graduated graduated. but I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden the whole screen goes gray (gasps) and I'm like 75% of the way through typing up my notes and I just like look at Tyson I'm like if this resets and nothing's there I'm literally smashing it on the back patio and then I can get a new computer yeah right Um, (laughs) so it was on there it came back it was all on there um I didn't have to cry gosh the case of Skylar Niece I have not done a research project since college (laughs) so this was really fun and exciting and I feel like I I don't know maybe took a deeper dive into it than not that I needed to, but I wanted to do it justice, nice. you know, present, yeah, paint the picture. So I'm just going to go like straight down the timeline of Skylar's life and then how everything unravels. So Skylar Annette Niece was born February 6, 1996 to Mary and Dave Niece. Um, she was their only child. She grew up in Star City, West Virginia, which was kind of a small suburb of Morgantown, West Virginia. I'm not familiar with the geography of West Virginia at all, so I literally couldn't tell you on a map where that is, but anyone from that side, you might know um, what I'm talking about. And uh, Star City was a super small town. We're talking like 1,800 people in oh stoplight. So We know those small towns. They're small very towns. small town. Yeah. Um, she was a total daddy's girl. Aww. I mean, the videos of her are so cute for the ones that I watched, and she was... Just, like, cute as a button. Like, bright blue eyes, big smile. Just, like, she reminded me of a girl that I used to coach in volleyball on a 16 and under team. And so I'm, like, you know, watching all this stuff and listening to all this stuff. And I see her and I see this girl that I coached. And it was kind of crazy. But she, you know, her friends and family described her as being very intelligent. She was super compassionate, bubbly. She was an um, honor student in high school. And kind of ironically, her main goal was she wanted to go to college to be a criminal lawyer. Oh, hate so when that happens. I know. She um, definitely had all of the makings to be that, though. She was a very, very smart young lady. When was she born again? She was born in 96. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
90s babies. Yes, 90s baby. And this all takes place in um, 2012 when we get to the thick of it. She was 16. 16, okay. So leading into more, um, uh, Skylar grew up with two best friends. One that she met really early on when she was younger, like early elementary school age, and her name was Sheila Eddy. Um, one source says that they met at a community center. It didn't sound like they actually went to school together, oh, okay. but maybe through like community pool or something. Community or, pool, yeah. or like you know, my mom sent me to like daycare in the summertime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when she was at work and whatnot. But they became fast friends and remained friends until they went to high school and they actually attended high school together at University High. Oh wow! While in high school. I got mixed um, information on exactly one year, but roughly freshman, sophomore year, they meet a young lady named Rachel Schof, and she becomes the third Mm, of the three best friends. Rachel was beautiful. She had gorgeous red hair. She was tall. She had aspirations of being an actress or a singer. She was in theater. Um, She came from a really affluent family, and I think Skylar, you know, grew up in a family with, like, pretty good morals. Sheila seemed to come more from a a broken home Uh, situation. Uh, Rachel, she grew up Catholic, had a really strong Catholic background. She was involved in Young Life. I can imagine probably a pretty conservative family, you know, went to church camp. And was at Catholic school prior to attending University High. But when these three girls met, they became very fast friends. Um, Other friends of theirs say that they called themselves the Three Musketeers. And they were just thick as thieves. And the high school is like public. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That could be a change for kids that have been going to like private. Totally. Churchy schools. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know the circumstances of Rachel switching schools, um, if it was a matter of them moving and that was like her only option yeah. sort of thing, but nonetheless, she ended up in public school. And all three girls, this is just a tiny little fact, they were all only children. Ooh. So they all kind of had that in common as yeah, well, yeah. which I think can be good and bad. Yeah. Good in the aspect of you have that desire for those close friendships because you don't go home to any siblings, you know, or anything yeah. like that. But then also, as we can see sometimes with only children, it's a me first. I oh, don't yeah. like to share. You got three alphas. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And as we'll, as we'll kind of see, Sheila and Rachel were definitely the alphas. Okay. Skylar, you know, she was just, she was just there for fun. The friends. cute little beta. Yeah, she's just a cute little beta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, these girls were, were really, really good friends. Sheila kind of coming from a broken home, I think led into her having kind of the bad rap out mm. of the three girls. She has been said to have been promiscuous Friends of Skylar and Rachel say that she was kind of a bad influence. She was definitely the party girl. She was the street smarts girl. She was the street Mm -hmm. smarts girl. And 
I kind of, you know, reading through everything compared her to like Regina George from Mean oh, Girls. Yeah. I can see that. 100%. She was definitely wanted to be the ringleader for sure. And she yeah. was, you know, yeah. she really took control of their friends group and, you know, friends of Skylar and Rachel said, you know, she was kind of mean and controlling yeah. and we definitely kind of start to see that. She probably had play out. influences like that in her life too. I'm sure, or yeah. maybe just learned how to have this really tough exterior mm. given yeah. her upbringing and kind of like this, I don't know, fend for myself sort of mentality. But what I thought was kind of interesting, you know, Skylar being a little bit of a beta and Rachel being a little bit more alpha, like... Rachel was relatively popular being new to high school. Mm. Like Sheila kind of was popular because she was the bad girl. And like Rachel didn't really need her to be popular. Not to say that that was like an aspiration of hers, but like she didn't need her for that. You know what I mean? They were just that together. They were just that together. And she was just like drawn to this like bad girl side of Sheila, which I think had a lot to do with like her conservative Catholic upbringing. You know, Mm. you're raised around that type of an environment. And then you see somebody that, you know, walks on the wild side every day of life. And that's very intriguing. I mean, I wouldn't say that I grew up like super conservative but I definitely had parents like knew where I was knew what friends I was hanging out with but I also had this little devil on my shoulder that kind of always wanted to get into trouble a little bit yep and thank god for sports or oh my gosh seriously I can't say that I would have I don't know sports coaches but yeah no absolutely I same way My parents knew where I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so these girls, I mean, they're just best friends. They're, you know, taking pictures, taking, you know, making videos, like at-home videos, posting them on YouTube. You know, like, it's funny to watch. If you look up some of their clips, I mean, they're adorable. They're very normal 16-year-old high school girls in an era where filming and putting stuff, you know, on social media was... Starting. 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 And becoming very, very popular. 2012. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of... That was YouTube coming up. and YouTube. Twitter had just started. Which it was funny reading about Twitter in here because the case that, you know, you had covered with the the roommates in college. That was in 2011, I believe. And so Twitter was definitely starting and becoming hot with that sort of generation. Weird. Around that time. But so as time goes on, you definitely start to see a shift in the friendship. Um, Skylar and Sheila's friendship really became, began to change uh, dramatically, largely to do with the fact that Sheila and Rachel were getting a lot closer. Okay. Um, you know, what do they say? Two's company, but three is a crowd. Is oh, that yeah. how the saying goes? I think so. So it kind of started to become a situation like that. Ra- There's an odd one out. Yeah. And I feel like it's always hard with three. Yeah. You know, some somebody in some fashion is going to start to feel left out at yep. some point in time. But Sheila and Rachel started getting closer. They were hanging out without Skylar. 
they were showing up to school and dressing alike and Skylar would just like show up wearing whatever she was wearing. Um, they really started to distance themselves and uh, Sheila and Rachel were both sexually active with boyfriends. Okay. I couldn't find anything to say that like Skylar was really into that. So they were definitely doing a lot of things amongst themselves and probably the biggest shift in their friendship, which starts to create a lot of rift, allegedly, you know, the girls were all partying together. They were, you know, smoking weed, sneaking out, drinking. They were having a sleepover one night and Skylar actually saw Sheila and Rachel have sex. With each other. With each other. Okay. At this sleepover. At whose house? I want to say it was Sheila's. Okay. I'm pretty sure because I can't imagine that they would have been able to get away with drinking and stuff like that at Skylar's house and most definitely not at Rachel's house. Right. Unless parents were out of town. Okay, okay. So I can't confirm so whose house it was like at. But under the sheets over there just going yeah. at it. Okay. And I don't know if it was a situation of like Sheila and Rachel thought Skylar was sleeping and they oh. were drunk and things got like hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Yeah. Or if they were aware that Skylar at the time was witnessing this oh. sexual encounter between okay. them. Drunken high school girls. I mean, I, yeah. That's all I can really chalk it up to. <laughs> Here in the early years of experimenting. Yeah, you sexual know. exploration. Exactly. Yeah. So given that and how the dynamic was starting to shift between the friends, I mean, Skylar definitely had some dirt. Yeah. On the girls. So she didn't like, hey, what are you guys doing? No. Didn't call it out. She didn't was like, call oh, shit, going back to sleep. Basically. Okay. All right. Yeah. And it wasn't like Sheila and Rachel were open about that aspect of their sexuality. Mm. I mean, they both had boyfriends. And gotcha. I don't think, definitely not Rachel, were outward with either being bisexual or, you know, anything like that. So Skylar definitely was holding on to some of their secrets. Yeah, because at this point, not only are they, you know, with each other, but they're cheating on their boyfriends, too. Exactly. So kind of a double whammy. Yeah. And you can only imagine how rumors fly in high school. Oh, yeah. With... Something all like that. Oh, with all, all of, of the, that. everything yeah. combined. So leading into Twitter, Skylar actually got on Twitter one day after a little rift between Sheila because they really started to go back and forth. I'm not on Twitter, but supposedly you can go on there and you can see like the conversations back and forth between the girls and kind of see this oh, animosity yeah. building between okay. the two. And Skylar had tweeted, quote, I tell the whole school all the shit I have on everyone, which is a lot. Hashtag if I could get away with it. Oh, okay. So was kind of dropping these little breadcrumbs to let these girls know, hey, I got a lot of shit on you, so I can air out your dirty laundry at any second. And with them all being good friends, I'm sure that's maybe not the only thing that Skylar could hold oh, over right. their heads at all. But 
that was definitely one of them. The slice. Yeah. <laughs> so in June of 2012, this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for Sheila. Um, Sheila and Skylar uh, went on a week-long vacation to Myrtle Beach, and the girls just fought nonstop. Sheila and Skylar? Sheila and Skylar. Okay. Yeah. If I said Rachel and Skylar. No, no, no. You did. You did. I just yeah. want to make sure, like, yeah. okay. So they were still, like, friends enough to mm-hmm. try and go on a trip together, but just was fighting. But okay. feuding. Yeah. Okay. And I think they went with family or something like that. Sure. So it wasn't like the two girls just got together and went gotcha. on a week-long vacation. They went with one of the families, and but the girls... Probably Skylar's or something. Probably Skylar's. Yeah. But the girls fought the entire time and when Sheila got home from that vacation she told Rachel after that trip that Skylar had to die. Oh Jesus. Things went from that zero escalated. to 60 super super fast and we wow. kind of get into a little bit more of a breakdown of conversations between Sheila and Rachel that lead up to that wow statement. So, within their their plot to kill, um, they seem to be plotting something for a long time. So, months prior to that vacation, students and teachers overheard Sheila and Rachel talk about the best way to dispose of a dead body. Wow. Now, this wasn't entirely unusual because a couple weeks prior to that comment, a dead body had turned up in their oh, hometown. Okay. <laughs> Like, why is that not unusual? Like, That's not unusual a pretty to me, maybe, but weird comment to make. Gotcha. So, you know, a dead body had sure. turned up, high school gossip, you yeah. know, oh, how would you dispose of a dead body? You know, so I don't think anyone really took This is a good conversation though. That this is a good topic. It, it is a good topic. I mean, it's pretty endless. Yeah. It's pretty endless. There's a lot of ways. So they had been overheard making those comments. And then in spring of 2012, they were in science class one day and had joked about actually killing Skylar. One of the girls, I believe it was Rachel, said that they should kill her. And they looked at each other in like this silent agreement. And then Rachel also allegedly told another student, I wouldn't mind if she died. Okay. So there's this common theme, Ugh. all this conversation that's being heard. And it's weird because, you know, if nothing happens, it's like you probably would never think of that those conversations again if you've overheard them. No, because, you know, how, I mean, not that it's like a good thing to say, but how many times are you yeah. just like. I hate her. Oh, oh I kill her. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Like, oh, why don't you go her. jump off a bridge? Or, yeah. you know, just like those, those little things. You just don't. Go take a toaster bath. Exactly. <laughs> you don't think too much of it. Yeah. Until something actually happens. Right, right. So, you know, all these comments are being said. And one source that I was listening to, a classmate actually went up to Skylar and said, hey, I heard Rachel and Sheila your name and dying in the same sentence and Skylar just like kind of brushed it off but did go and confront I believe Sheila about it and they told her we're just joking around 
It's just a joke. But for what reason, That's though? That's nothing serious, God. you know? So, just, just weird. I also found online, which I kind of found this to be pretty disturbing and a lot to kind of speak to Sheila's character. They have, like, some home videos of them playing, like, Would You Rather? Okay. But in scenarios of How Would You Rather Die? Oh. So, you know, Sheila's like, would you rather be shot or be stabbed? To Skylar? To Skylar and Rachel. Okay. So the three of them are, like, playing this game sure. together. You know, would you rather be shot or stabbed? Would you rather be suffocated or drowned? And so, you know, in hindsight, seeing those videos, it's kind of like, okay, there's like, definitely... Ew, are they asking her? Something. Yeah. 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 Is this an actual game or they, did they make this game up? It, you know, like there's just, cards for it or something? No, just like a game of Would You Rather. Okay. You know. So they made up these questions. They made up these questions. They, they up these questions. Oh yeah. Nothing, nothing pre-printed on any game cards <laughs> like that. But that might be a good game. But, but, but it might be. It might be. I mean, I'm always up for a good game of Would You Rather. That, yes. Things can get very yes. interesting. However, I don't know that I want to talk about my preferred ways of death. DOA? Like, no, thank you. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. I'm good. So this is kind of leading us into the night of the murder. So a lot of this is taking place in spring of 2012. The girls are in school. Now we're on summer break. And we're to July 5th, 2012, which is the night of the murder. So Skylar had a summer job working at Wendy's. She got home about 10 p.m. after her shift. She goes directly to her mom and dad. She kisses them goodnight, tells them they love them, you know, gives them a big hug and just goes to her room to go to bed for sure. the evening. Sheila and Rachel end up calling or texting i feel like they probably called her around midnight asking skylar to meet up with them to go hang out and smoke some weed so skylar being the little girl that she is she left through her bedroom window snuck out and they're on the lower level of their apartment complex so when she sneaks out she has this bench that she puts on the outside of the building underneath her bedroom window so that when she gets home she can hop her tiny ass back in in the window so they pick her up in sheila's car and we're gonna get into sheila's car a lot i have a lot to say about sheila's car coming up And they drove around for about an hour out to a one-lane country road. This was Morse Run Road in Brave, Pennsylvania. So they live in West Virginia. They drove an hour into Brave, Pennsylvania, where the girls had gone to, you know, smoke weed before. I definitely didn't drive an hour in high school to go smoke some weed, but I guess, you know... To each their own, but that's a long ass drive. Yeah. To go do something. Like, the less like time that. you have to, to go back, the better. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of. I mean. That's kind of where my mind was at. But you know, they're on a joyride. Sure. It's summer vacation. Whatever. So, unbeknownst to Skylar, 
Sheila and Rachel had brought a shovel with them, which Rachel got from her dad, knives that Sheila had got from her house, and then they also had with them clean clothes and cleaning materials. So they're out for their little joyride, having a good night, and they get to the location about a mile up the road and got out. They, you know, get their pipe, their weed, whatever. They walk out to, you know, go out in this like wooded area and the girls are like, oh shit, we forgot a lighter. So Skylar's like, oh, I have one in my purse, turns around to go back to the car and on the count of three, the two girls ambushed her and just started stabbing her. Oh, Jesus. Skylar actually got a hold of Rachel's knife at one point during the ambush and she cut her ankle. But Skylar being 5'4", Rachel was 5'8". She was, you know, averagely tall, along with Sheila, overpowered her and they just continued to stab her. Jesus. Later in a statement by Rachel, she said that Skylar's neck made weird sounds and they both continued to stab oh, her until no. those noises stopped. Oh my gosh. She was bleeding out and they just heard the... Gr- oh my goodness. Just brutal. I mean, I can only imagine the sounds that were coming out of that poor girl after that. So... They basically just stand there and watch Skylar bleed out and die after this stabbing ambush. And their original plan with the shovel that they brought was to bury Skylar out there, but the ground was too hard and too rocky to bury her. So they just drug her body over to a tree and covered her in rocks and branches and leaves and just left her there. What? They, yeah, just so. <laughs> They had talked about how I'm going to hide a body, but mm-hmm. they still didn't. They, yeah. they just fired with some leaves. And they're like, well, Ugh. this looks like a good spot. We'll just drag her to this tree, cover Goodness her up, gracious. call it a night. So they left her with her cell phone turned off, but had allegedly disposed of her purse somewhere else. That ends up not ever actually being found, but they did leave her cell phone with her. And then... After their little stabbing charade, the girls go off into a creek, they rinse off, they dispose of the knives, and jump back in Sheila's car and go home. So the whole event took about a few hours. They were home before dawn, and, you know, sadly... You could just tell that it was it had kind of gotten to a point where Skylar was so desperate for this friendship. But that night of July 5th, one of Skylar's last tweets that she posted was sick of being sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. Oh, no. So they took that opportunity to be like, hey, want to go hang out? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's bullshit. Pretty much. But this was. We'll talk a little bit about how they planned all of this and their reasonings behind doing it when they did um, in the investigation part of it. But, yeah, they just ambushed her. That is so sad. And just left her for nothing. Like, literally nothing. Ugh. 
That's so 16. heartbreaking. 16. Holy shit. Yeah. So heartbreaking. So the next morning, Skylar's parents went to work. Her dad comes home mid-afternoon to give Skylar his car because she borrowed that to take to work. She had a shift at Wendy's the next day. And when he got from when he got home from work, he discovered that she wasn't home. He did end up, you know, walking outside the apartment complex and he saw that bench outside of her window. Okay. And so he assumed that she had snuck out at some point. She had done this before, you know. She's a teenager. She's a teenager. Yeah. These girls, that obviously wasn't their first rodeo of driving out to that spot. So Skylar's dad calls Sheila first seeing the bench and everything, assuming yeah. that the the sneaking out had happened. And Sheila just straight up claims to have not heard from her at all, has no idea, hasn't talked to her, nothing. Dad's like, okay. So then he calls Skylar's mom. And, you know, Skylar's mom is like so calm. She's like, don't worry. You know, she snuck out before. She's never missed work. You know, she'll be at work. Yeah. We'll give it until about... 10 minutes after the time that we know that her shift starts and we'll call Wendy's to verify that she's there, that she's there. Well, they never got to make that call because her managers at work called Skylar's parents looking for her because she obviously, as we know, was not going to be at her shift. (laughs) Wasn't at her shift later that day. Sheila calls back to tell them the truth of the night before of the night before. She said that she did see Skylar the night before they had snuck out, went for a joy ride, but then dropped her back off. Hmm. Suspicious. Yes. So her parents are just kind of like, well, then where the fuck is she? Right. If you dropped her back off. And they totally bought Sheila's story. They didn't second guess it at all. Sure. Sheila was like a second daughter to these parents. Oh, that's the like, worst. You know, had a key to their house. The girls would come over whenever. So they really, this is, this is Skylar's best friend. Yeah. She, they had no reason to believe that she would have anything to lie about as far as that goes. So, That's the worst when the family has so much trust in this kid. Totally. Because they've shared so much life with them, you yeah. know? Absolutely. And they're like, oh, okay, thank you. At least that accounts for this many hours. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yep. we'll start looking from there. Exactly. And oh, it's terrible. not like this is just Skylar's best friend of one year. Like, right. they had been friends since elementary school, oh, you know? So there's that, there's that level of trust that you have someone yeah. that's been a part of your family right for that long yeah you know so the parents along with police they get the police involved they obtain security footage from the apartment complex oh okay which is great because i don't know i don't think all apartment complexes maybe today but also maybe not even today not back in my day let me tell you The sneaking out would not have happened. And I'm like, go Podoc, West Virginia for having security cameras. 2012. Probably given the technology at the time, the video footage was very grainy. So Given technology, now videos are still yeah, grainy. So that'll give it to them for 2012. Yeah. We need to work on that. 
This security footage did show a light-colored car pull up at 12.30 a.m. and Skylar got into the back seat. I don't understand even from... Okay, because we know she got into Sheila's car, so it's not a spoiler alert. I don't understand how the parents did not recognize Sheila's car from this video footage. It's grainy, but it's not that. It's, It's clear enough that you can... Be like, oh, okay, let's double check, but I think that's Sheila's car. Right. And she comes over to your house all the time. Like, you've never seen her car before. So, that timeline doesn't match up with Sheila's timeline for when she called to tell the mom the truth. She claims that they picked Skylar up around 11 and then dropped her off down the street at 11.45. Why would you drop her off down the street? Sheila's part of Sheila's story is that Skylar insisted that she be dropped off down the street so that when she snuck back into the house, her parents wouldn't hear her sneak back in or like wouldn't hear the car car. out there. So Uh, that's a good story. It's a pretty good story. That's a good story. Can't knock her for that one. And so with that information, again, they're still completely buying Sheila's story and her timeline. Skylar's mom's theory then develops to, okay, you know, Sheila picked her up then. She dropped her off down the street at 1145. Skylar snuck back in and then snuck back out again. With who? And got into this mystery car. With who? Yeah. Exactly. Does not make, does not make a whole lot of sense. No. For the level of trust that they also had for their daughter. And she really was, at the end of the day, a good kid. So, since the video footage had shown Skylar get into the back of the car voluntarily, the police just chalked her up as a runaway. Oh, no. They encounter runaways all the time. Right. So... She's about that age. She's about that age. Not an uncommon thing. So, yeah, when they see her voluntarily get into the back of this car, they chalk it up as a runaway, and therefore no Amber Alert was issued, you know, for a missing child or anything like that. (laughs) Sheila is just, like, continues to blow my mind throughout this whole thing. Um, She's just, like, the ultimate manipulator. Her behavior after this is just so despicable. She's... With the family. She's helping pass out flyers. One day she even comes over and asks if she can sit in Skylar's room because she just wants to sit in there and she sits on the bed with Skylar's mom and just cries. What a bitch. Just is totally plain. The family, like, a violin, like, oh, is that's so sad. just trying to paint this picture of a grieving friend that doesn't know where her best friend disappeared to. And with to. the family. With the family. Oh. So, part of their plan, and why Rachel, you don't see Rachel in a whole lot of this, is the next day after the murder, Rachel had left for church camp. This was all part of their plan. And I'm like, girl, you best be getting your ass to church camp because you have a lot to ask God for forgiveness for after you just stabbed one of your best friends to death. And 
According to one of the police sources, they had tried to arrange for an interview with Rachel upon her return from the church camp, but that never happened. I don't know why that never happened. I think that they just truly believed Sheila's story so much wholeheartedly. And the fact that Skylar's family was believing Sheila's story so wholeheartedly, no one could make out a license plate on this car, couldn't make out the maker model. So they are just truly believing that this is a full-blown runaway situation. Full piece of the like just the piece of the car on the video? Was it like no. a full-blown car? You see the car pull up, Skylar run from the window and get in, and it drive away. Can you imagine? I don't know if Sheila saw this, but I would have shit my pants. Like, yeah. that's my car. And, and then I, just kind of like sigh of relief, mm-hmm. maybe, when you're like, oh, wait, no one's recognizing my car. A hundred percent. She... Sheila is have said to have been like very involved in wanting to know what was going on with the investigation at all times. And she was really playing like that reverse psychology of if I stay so intertwined with all of this, no one's going to suspect me. If I don't make myself look guilty, no one's going to suspect that I'm guilty sort of thing. That's how that's my perception of it. Any perception of it anyways. Yeah, no, that's what it looks like. And so, you know, the family is just totally distressed. Dad took to local news to talk about a missing person. Any leads, as we know, that came into the cops, they didn't go anywhere. They weren't going to go anywhere. You know, they were getting tips from all over the country. Oh, I saw her here. I saw her there. I saw her with this person. We know all of that not to be true. It was a wild goose chase. And so by Sunday night, so I believe July 5th was a Thursday evening. So by that Sunday, you know, Skylar's family began to know that something was really, really wrong. Was really wrong. And they were not believing the runaway scenario at all. Because when they looked in, when they were looking through Skylar's room, she had left behind her phone charger what teenager is going to leave behind their phone charger if they're running away. That's not going to happen. She also wore um, glasses and contacts. And so all of the things that go along with all of that, Skylar had left behind. Like solution. Or or they were still there. She didn't leave them behind, but they were still there. And there was no sign of like clothes missing. Like she had packed a bag or anything like that. And the police were also tracking to see if there was any activity on oh, like yeah. her ATM That's or right. debit card. And that obviously wasn't coming up either. So this whole runaway scenario was just starting to seem less and less likely. Yeah. Cause there's no like love interest or boyfriend no. either or like internet chat rooms. Mm-mm. Yeah. And you would, you know, think, let's just say if there was any situation like that, her best friends would know about something right? like that. Like, oh, yeah, she's been talking to this guy on this chat room. and Or she's been talking about this, whatever. Right. Yeah. So no storyline like that ever came up. So the whole runaway thing was the furthest from their mind. They knew something was much more wrong than that. 
So that's the summer of 2012, and they don't find anything out. And so school starts in the fall oh. of 2012. And, I mean, you've got this whole summer of this story to just, like, fester. Oh, yeah. So rumors are flooding the halls and social media about what happened to Skylar. Kids are saying, oh, maybe she OD'd at a party or she's in a different country. You know, just high school gossip. Just runs wild. snowballing. Yeah. But kids were also talking about Rachel and Sheila. Oh, shit. They were the last ones to see her, and a lot of kids started started accusing them online. Ooh. Which you can imagine from the friends that had heard their comments the previous year about, I wouldn't mind if she died. How would you dispose of a dead body? Yeah, so those started coming up, I'm sure. Started to all seem really too coincidental. And the FBI even came to the school and started questioning kids to get more information because they just had zero leads. It wasn't going anywhere. And they started specifically asking students about Rachel and Sheila. So that fall as well, Rachel and Sheila were being interviewed repeatedly. This was over the span of about five to six months. Damn. Yeah. They were like, trying to get them caught up in their lives. Uh-huh. I love that. And it's a long time though. It's a long time. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking almost a whole school year. Yeah. You know, like at least two thirds of the way through a school year. Because it was year. the rest of the summer, school started, and like mm-hmm. five, six months of interrogation. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, time's passed. Continuous past. questioning. And according to one of the lead investigators, the Anytime they interviewed Sheila, she was really calm and collected, confident in her story. But Rachel, the more they questioned her, Mm. the more nervous and distracted she seemed. She would be, like, coloring in interviews and, like, fidgeting. Yeah. And, but throughout all of this, the two girls' story never, never varied. Wow. But it was too similar Uh. and seemed too rehearsed. So that was obviously really suspicious to the officers. So, but they still didn't have anything concrete to go off of. Everything was hearsay, circumstantial. Yeah, there's nothing. There's no body yet. There's no body. So as the investigation continues, you know, the officers are like, okay, we got to start like looking more into this car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's like all that we have to go off of. So the officers started to come across more physical evidence. They're like, okay, we know what this car looks like. So maybe that night we can get footage from around town and maybe we can track this car to where it went because we have a timeline, right? You know, Sheila's story plus what we got on the um, surveillance footage from the apartment complex. And so they did end up getting video footage from a gas station and with that car headed west instead of east towards a town called Blacksville. Again, I still do not know at this point in time how they don't recognize Sheila's car. Well, not only that, but then I'm also thinking why if they had this footage of her getting into the car at 1230... 
right? Right. Why they didn't just ask for footage for the time that Sheila had originally said she had picked her up. Right. I mean, in her story, her car wouldn't have been seen in the dropping her off because they dropped her off right. down the street. But maybe in the picking up. But maybe in the picking the, up. What she's her story of her picking up. And at that time, would, wouldn't you not recognize that the two cars looked fucking exactly the same? Yeah. So this whole car thing baffles my mind. Yeah. I think that the, I think the investigators in this case had all of the best intentions, but some things to me anyways well, just mean, seem so obvious. Had they rewound the, the, the tape or whatever, they would have seen that she wasn't there at 11. She was only there at 1230. Exactly. Ugh. So that story doesn't Put us on up. payroll. Put us on payroll. Seriously. <laughs> oh my God, please. I need a fourth source of income. I don't need a badge. I just, I just, just put me on payroll. We'll, we'll rewind the tape. We'll rewind the tape for you. Yeah. We'll take care of that. Don't worry about it. And so... I guess this whole Blacksville thing kind of comes into play with... So is Brave East? Brave is... So they they saw a car headed west instead of east. So yes, Brave was east of okay, town. Okay. But they saw this car going west. Now, they also obtained some cell phone records that show a ping from a tower near Blacksville which is the direction of which this car that they got from the footage from the gas station, mm. that's the direction the car was heading, okay. was towards Blacksville. Mm-hmm. And now they have this cell phone tower ping from Rachel's cell phone yeah. near Blacksville. So some, a little bit more concrete evidence is starting to Also, why didn't you zero run cell phones day of? Or like a weekend? Exactly. Let's get the last known location of of Skylar's phone. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And Rachel and Sheila's. Don't wait a year. Okay. Sorry. Mm, yeah, no. I'm getting worked up. Sometimes Girl, cops. I'm like, oh. I am right there with you. So, according to one source, during one instance of questioning, the officers actually took Sheila and Rachel out separately and asked them to drive the route that they went that night, allegedly oh, with shit. Skylar. Okay, okay. The girls took them in completely different directions. Ooh. So, that was not holding up. Now, late November... Rachel really started feeling the pressure. So I guess earlier when I mentioned the five to six months of questioning, that included the that From included the time summer. Of. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we're to late November, and Rachel is really, really, really starting to feel the pressure. She's cracking of the questioning. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they brought her in for questioning about this evidence. Yeah. Hey, your cell phone pinged here. What the heck is up with that? And she changes her whole story. Oh, shit. They actually went to Blacksville that night. Skylar told them to let her out in that town and leave her there. Okay. The next day, they... So they're like, okay, you know, that's significantly different from everything else you've told us. So the next day, and I don't know why they waited until the day later... They questioned Sheila, and her story had changed 
to the exact same thing that Rachel oh, had told them. Oh, my goodness. Who's letting these girls talk? I question them at the same time. Right. You know? Yeah. And if one stays the same and the other one changes, then you obviously know that they're lying. But they they gave Gosh. them time to be able to connect, which, again, doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, Rachel's really feeling this heat. I'm sure her conscience is obviously the getting, guilt getting, is getting to, her. to her. Yeah. Um, I don't love this girl, but at least she has a little bit of a conscience. And soon after, Rachel really started to show a lot of signs of distress at school and at home. She was acting out a lot, mm. just like really, really out of character behavior, you know? Yeah. That one would maybe start to show when they're in a heightened state of anxiety, anxiety and guilt. stress, all of the above. So on December 28th, Rachel's mom places a 911 call. Rachel is completely out of control at the house. Oh. She's hitting her parents. Oh, She's shit. running around the neighborhood. You can hear her in the background of the of the 911 call. She's screaming. Her dad's, like, trying to restrain her. And her mom's like, oh, wow. I have a 16-year-old. I can't control her anymore. I need help ASAP. Wow. So, yeah, she completely lost it. Complete mental breakdown. And so she was taken and removed from the house, and she was actually taken to a mental health facility. Oh, it was serious. It was serious. Wow. And let's see, this would have been about six days later. On January 13th, 2003, Rachel contacted the lead investigator and wanted to meet at her lawyer's office. Oh, okay, okay. At so, least there's a lawyer involved, but dun, no, dun, damn it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now we're finally going to start getting somewhere. So the lead investigator on Skylar's case meets up with Rachel. I don't, I am sure her mom was there because she was still a minor at the time. And right. you can't be questioned without the presence of an adult or, or would the lawyer, lawyer okay, right, so right. the lawyer would yeah. have taken that place. So. I can't confirm in this moment that her family was there, but for sure the lead investigator, Rachel and her lawyer. And in this meeting, they get in the room, they sit down and immediately Rachel says, we stabbed her. Oh shit. And just, just silence I in the bet. room for like, cause the know. investigators didn't even know at this point that no. she had been a for sure dead. Right. To how she would have died. Mm hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yep. She just says, we stabbed her. And she goes through. She told all the details of what they collected to take with them. The shovel, the knives, the clean clothes, the cleaning materials. And Rachel tells the investigator that pretty much while Skylar was just laying there dying, she just said, why? (gasps) Oh, no. Which I think, at the end of all of this, is everybody's question. Right. Why? For what reason? For what reason? Um, She said that they wanted to get it done before she went to church, before Rachel went to church camp. Her and Sheila wanted to... Right, because she wanted to get away right mm-hmm, after. She wanted to get away right after, so I can only imagine all the reasons she had for that and when the investigator so I can only guess you know 
the reasons why she wanted to go to church camp. And when the lead investigator asked her, well, why did you guys do this? You right. know, what, what made you kill her? She just said, we just didn't like her anymore. Oh, the fuck? We just didn't want her around. Dude, just stop being friends with her. Literally. Stop hanging out. Like, I'm sorry if the friendship developed into the situation where... Maybe she was starting to be like the annoying little sister or High whatever. High school is wild. High school is wild and girls are fucking mean. Yeah. Like, I think you guys already have a case labeled Mean Girls. Yeah, the Mean Girls. But this is like Mean Girls Part 2. Oh my gosh, yeah. It, this is like There's so no reason. unjustified. It's funny because I, you know, high school was a long time ago for me. Right. But I think back to certain instances where your world in high school is like you think it's all about you and everything's happening about you or I remember a couple of times where um one moment in uh, one specific time I remember um my mom doesn't listen to this so um (laughs) it was like uh, a pregnancy scare Mm. and I remember for like a week it was Everything anyone was talking about, it felt like it was about me in that situation. Totally, You're in this bubble. Every time I walked into a classroom and I don't know, a teacher was talking about, you know, life things or whatever, I felt like it was about me and it was about my situation. It was just like this immense pressure. So, um, I cannot, I mean, I'm, so I'm putting myself in that situation thinking about these girls that Skylar had this secret over them and that they had, you know, had sex or had been hooking up or whatever. And that on top of that, they were cheating on their boyfriends. And then on top of that, you know, they um, were probably smoking weed. I don't know if on campus or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so maybe like everything felt extra relevant to them and the pressure just got to them but that's wild there was really no reason there was there was no there was no there was no reason no i mean there never is but right but just flat out we just didn't like her anymore oh that's the worst reason it's so fucking sad it's so sad. Not like, oh, we were scared that she was going to put this out there about right. this or that, you know, we were going to get in trouble and that we were going to get, you know, possibly expelled because of the weed or whatever, or that our boyfriends were going to find out we were cheating. And none even of that. none of those would have been good reasons. Not good enough, Not but good better enough. than we don't like her anymore. Yeah. Holy just shit. Just so, just so cold. And calculated because yes. they had everything with them. They apparently. had been planning it out for months. It was oh very orchestrated. So Rachel ended up leading the police to the scene of the crime. Oh, wow. Yeah. She took them out there and they found remains with the help of canines. I mean, this is July to January. Yeah. So. Six months. Oh, more, more than, than that. that. Seven, eight. Something like that. Yeah. So they found these remains. They sent them in for testing. Obviously, we know that they 
did end up confirming it was Skylar. Um, Rachel had told police that Skylar was stabbed 10 times before she died. I don't believe that. Um, one source reports that, um, later like autopsy reports claim mm-hmm. that Skylar had been stabbed roughly 50 times. Oh my God. So this was no just like one kill shot to the jugular. You lay there and bleed out like oh. these girls. 50, five, zero. 50. Roughly. How long that would take. And do you like you have to be so out of your mind? Yeah. Even between two people. Let's just yeah. say the stabs were split evenly. That's roughly 25 a piece. 25 times is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That is heinous. I don't remember what case it was or just, I think it was just like something I was listening to. It was a YouTube, I remember that that there was a lot of stabbings and they took the time to like, play it out to see how long yes. it would take. Yes. And, you know, you think, you know, 20 or 50 holes in this case. I know that sounds crude, but the time it takes, like, take it out again, swing it back up, bring it back down. That wasn't pull from it Don't out Fuck with Cats, was it? No, I don't think so. A different one. Um, I feel like I know what you're talking about, yeah. or I've seen something it, it that does the same thing just, like, like that. The time that it takes to actually penetrate a mm-hmm. knife the force that it takes to penetrate mm-hmm. and then you have to literally uh, counter like leverage to bring it back out yes swing bring it back in it takes some time you know it's not like like you said it's not, it's not, not a passionate feat. like oh you got close to me defend myself you know one jab you're done right 50 yeah it's a lot. Just so... Brutal. So unimaginably brutal. For anyone, let alone two 16-year-old girls. And to think that, you know, even in, in a moment of, I fucking hate you, to go beyond one <laughs> is crazy. Right. Two or three, crazier. <laughs> But then you're sitting there this entire time and thinking throughout these 50 stabs, like, I fucking hate you. Yeah. Ew. I mean, let, let's let just even say, because, you know, it was just one source that reported the 50. Let's just say that it was the 10 that Rachel yeah. recalled. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. Because what, by two, someone's down. Yeah. By one, someone could be down. Exactly. Oh, and man. she was a little girl. She was 5'4". I don't know how tall Sheila was, but, you know, Rachel's, I mean, and the two of them together easily overpowered, overpowered her. Yeah. So the police didn't arrest Rachel right away because she was not the only person involved. They, mm. A, they needed to corroborate her story because she had lied before. Okay. That's they, true. They had the remains. But they needed to corroborate her story. Um, But more than that, they needed her to get to Sheila. Oh, like use Rachel. use Rachel to get to Sheila. Okay, okay, Because Sheila was standing strong, holding her story. 
And they didn't really have anything on Sheila yet. Right. So. That attorney was like, let's cut us a deal. <laughs> we'll get you. Yup. We'll get you Sheila. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. That's a good lawyer. So, you yeah, know, I mean. It, it worked in her favor. Regarding shitty situations, that's possibly the best yes. thing you could do. I mean, yeah, if you have something to get somebody, like, hell no, bitch, I'm not going down for this no, by myself. No, 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 You're no, coming no. down with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this in my perception. Sheila's the mastermind. It sounds like it. Behind all of this. Uh-huh. So I'm not going to be the Robin to your Batman. No. Mm-mm. And go down for all this shit by myself. Mm-mm. No. So, kind of their initial plan for trying to get Sheila, which I don't know how well this would have really worked in their favor anyways if this had worked out for them, but they had Rachel set up a meeting at her house where Sheila would come over and they were trying to get some sort of recording of Sheila. um, Admitting. Admitting to anything. Admitting to anything, being there, acknowledging it, Um, but nothing ever came from that meeting. It was very casual. I don't know if Rachel got cold feet and, like, didn't really know how to bring it up, but it was just a very casual, like, hey, girl. They hung out for a little bit. They took a picture, posted it on one of their social medias, and nothing came of it. I mean, I don't... I don't know why Rachel maybe wasn't more coached into getting yeah. what they were looking for. But anyways, nothing. The fact that she kept her cool, though, mm-hmm. after admitting to murder. And her breakdown that she had. Yeah. And being, yeah. Weird. I don't know how Sheila couldn't have maybe, like, known that something was that? But kudos to Rachel for like kind of having her shit together, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But also kind of weird. Um, so even with that, though, with Rachel's story, the police a few days later did go to Sheila's house with a warrant. Okay. Yeah. For all the knives in her house, the FBI got her car. <laughs> Good job, FBI. Good job, FBI. Um, and during that investigation, they did find DNA in the trunk of Sheila's car, which was Skylar's blood and came from the bloody clothes that the girls had been wearing when they killed her. And then, you know, they had washed off in the creek and changed. So, um, I don't know. Note to self, like bring a trash bag to put your bloody yeah. clothes in after I mean, you yeah if you're gonna someone. try to get away with murder or from um, a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> or bring your own lighter or bring your own lighter yeah. yeah so you can burn them exactly so they didn't even get to smoke because skylar was trying to turn around and go get a, a lighter yeah but then those bitches got her purse and i'm sure Ugh. they had the whole hour-long drive Fuck. back to their hometown to to smoke, smoke their a joint. joint yeah yeah So, while they're awaiting the results from the DNA testing in the trunk of the Mm -hmm. car, Rachel and Sheila were pretty much left to continue to live their lives because they didn't have everything on them. I don't know why, but the girls... Wait, one of them admitted to murder. Yeah. 
What? Maybe out on Bond? Maybe. No, because they, they don't want to scare Sheila? Mm-hmm. But now oh. Sheila's already had knives taken from her house and her car taken. Car. But these girls were hanging out, posting on social media. Um, they went to prom. No. Yes. Oh, wow. And this is something else that kind of doesn't make sense to me or really add up. Like, why you would be looking into this evidence and why it would take that long to get those results that the girls have that much time to live, live the last week of their yeah. lives, pretty much. Yeah. Um, And Sheila's ever-continuing ever-continuing um, odd behavior. She was on social media. She was completely, like, back and forth between, like, her two platforms that she was on. You know, she had her Facebook, and then she had her Instagram and her Twitter. And on one, she was, like, this really, like, grieving, sad friend posting things like, you know, worst day of my life, da-da-da-da-da. And then... After they had come and gotten everything from her, Sheila actually tweeted, quote, we really did go on three. <gasps> like, no, she's so psychopathic, sociopathic. I don't know. I can't diagnose somebody. Jesus. But like. Do you really think that you're that untouchable? That's the thing. People will post things and just think that they're they're being so sneaky and so cryptic that no one's going to figure it out. I'm like, girl, you're literally about to catch a case on this. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. And you're just dropping, like you said, these breadcrumbs. No, you're dropping whole loaves. Yeah. Like, we really did go on Like three. open a bakery. Seriously. It's everywhere. Oh my goodness. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, this bitch is so stupid. So the DNA results come back. It is Skylar's blood. So finally, they have probable cause for arrest. Finally. Finally. <laughs> and on May 1st, 2013, uh, Sheila was arrested at dinner with her mom at Cracker, at Cracker Barrel. Hmm. On charges of first-degree murder, Rachel, as prearranged as you kind of guessed, um, turned herself in and pled guilty to second-degree murder. Okay. So she gained a lesser charge of second-degree murder from all of her cooperation with... with the police and helping turn Sheila in. What did Rachel get? Uh, yeah, did she get sentenced to something? So Sheila got charged with first degree murder. Uh -huh. Rachel got charged with second. Do you know what their sentences were? Yes. Okay. Um, so segue yeah. into the trial and the sentencing. <laughs> um, there, this didn't start taking place until about September 2013. Sheila had originally pled guilty, or sorry. Sheila had originally pled not guilty to charges of kidnapping and the murder charge at her original arraignment. And in the videos, she's like smiling 
Ugh, throughout gross. everything, which anytime you see that just like makes your skin crawl. And I literally just want to like jump through the TV Oof. screen and like choke somebody. Yeah. Punch him in the throat. Yeah. Like, yeah. how dare you smile? You disgusting excuse for a human being. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, there was so much evidence stacked against the girls that they both ended up taking plea deals and spared the family a trial. That, like I just said, the evidence was stacked against them, mainly the fact that they found Skylar's blood in the trunk. Yeah. Um, so, because the actual murder took place in Pennsylvania, West oh. Virginia and Pennsylvania both technically could have charged the girls. Yeah. But they were only charged in West Virginia. Um, I don't know why Pennsylvania didn't decide to pursue extra charges, but... They were only charged and sentenced in the state of West sure. Virginia. I wonder if that's why the FBI was involved, because of the crossing state. Well, they were involved even before they had a body. They oh, were already right. at that's the right. school questioning the kids, kids and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm really not too sure about that. Maybe... They just needed help because it's a small town type maybe. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, very well could be. So their arraignment was in 2013, February, 2014. Sheila, who was now 18 years old at the time at her sentencing, um, you know, she had an opportunity to speak on her own behalf to give some sort of apology letter. Um, she cried at the beginning when she was admitting to being guilty, but that was really it. Beyond that, she did not seem remorseful at all. Just crocodile tears. Just basically. Yeah. Um, she was charged with first degree murder. Nothing ever came of the charges for kidnapping. My guess is those fell through because... Let's go for the bigger fish type of thing. And she got in the car voluntarily. Yeah. And so I think that was probably too gray of an area. And they're like, fuck the kidnapping. Let's yeah. just get her on first degree. So she was eventually sentenced to life without parole. Oof. Or sorry. She was sentenced to life with parole at 15 years. I think the only reason wow. she got the opportunity for parole was because she was so young when the yeah. murder happened. And it was kind of an act of mercy for her. Yeah. But she did not deserve that at all. Her defense lawyer even had the audacity to request that she be given a one-month adjustment period in a juvie facility before being transferred to prison. He called this a, quote, humane adjustment period. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've I'm never like, she heard does not that. deserve what? anything humane at all. No. She can go straight can to we... where the big dogs are. Seriously. Can we, <laughs> can we get her some training first? Yeah, exactly. Can we groom her before she goes into prison? Yeah, I was like Let's give her some study materials first. Seriously. What? Let's get her through prison 101 in juvie right. and then send her to the big house. So. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I was just like literally laughing when I heard him ask for that. But she did end up being able to go to a juvie facility. Yeah. 
because the prison was too full. And so the judge said at the earliest convenience of a bed being available, you will go to prison. This could take a day. This could take a a month. It could take any length of time. So that um, ended up being Sheila's sentencing. And then with Rachel at her sentencing, she was 17 years old at the time. So she was still technically a minor. Oh, yeah. Okay. She did speak on her own behalf and apologize to the family. I mean, I don't feel bad for her, but it lessens the harder spot in my heart because she was incredibly remorseful. Mm. I mean, she was bawling. And I totally understand, you know, after she said her little part, you know, they, uh, Skylar's family got to do victim impact statements and her dad was basically like, she can take everything she just said and sit on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. That's also right too. I don't blame you at all. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like her remorse was genuine. I She's obviously still very wrong, but, um, yeah. yeah, she, she was obviously very remorseful. Um, they did go through with the charge of second degree murder, which held a maximum sentence of 40 years, Oh, but she was sentenced to 30 years with the chance of parole after 10. So she's technically up for parole now. Within the year. Yeah, 23. Mm-hmm. Because it took place in 2014. Oh, okay. But, I Did don't know, they sometime, give her time served or something? That's, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so she's coming up for parole very, very soon. Um, Rachel was uh, sentenced to go to a juvie facility right away um because she was 17 years old at the time and they would on her 18th birthday readdress where she would go then and if she was gonna stay in a juvenile center until her 21st birthday or if she would go directly to prison at 18 years old i know you could be there till your 21st i didn't know that either so I thought that was kind of so I'm thinking like eighteen, mm-hmm. nineteen, but there's then it ends at your twenties, right? But yeah, or eighteen, but ends at eighteen. So I was kind of surprised by that, but yeah, they said that they would do a reevaluation on her eighteenth birthday. I don't know when Rachel actually ended up being transferred to prison, but they are both currently serving their sentences at, I think it's pronounced Lakin Correctional Center. It's about 150 miles southwest of Morgantown, Mm. where they grew up. And one of the sources that I listened to, Rachel is allegedly married to a woman that she met in prison. Rachel? Rachel. Okay, Rachel. Okay, Rachel. Wow. So, I don't think it was just a little random rendezvous no. with Sheila that night. I think that... I mean, you can't say gay for the stay because she was doing stuff before. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, allegedly she is married, but... um that's pretty much the whole story. And really the only other thing that I have to mention is... 
you know, Skylar's parents, their whole life was lost oh, yeah. with that, their only child. And they worked to initiate oh, right. a law in West Virginia, or maybe it's nationwide, I don't know, but it's called Skylar's Law. And what that entails is Amber Alerts go out anytime a child is missing, even if they are a suspected runaway. Oh, okay. Because originally they didn't release an Amber Alert because she was suspected to be a runaway and they didn't do that. I cannot think of, I mean, Tyson and I don't have kids yet, but I cannot imagine any worse situation for a parent to be in than for your child to go missing. Nope. It's... The panic? The panic... The helplessness, the unknown, um, just the the waiting game. No. No. I mean, I can hardly wait like 30 minutes for my dinner to be ready without being anxious. (laughs) I couldn't imagine like... I don't wait for my pizza to cool down before I bite down on it. Damn. Where is this... (laughs) Doordash. Yeah. I would be nonstop in the streets. Like that, I would not be. At and home. the timeline is endless. Like there's no. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's well, crazy. I can't believe they did that for no reason to Skylar. It's so. It's so crazy. I young kids. Young kids, and I was just talking to someone about this the other day, and you kind of touched on it already. Just like how. How big the world seems and how small your world is when you're at that age. And the things that just seem so important to you. And yes, there are moments that shape you and that are life-changing moments that make you who you are. Like your perception of life and people and things and priorities is just so small. Yeah. The scope, oh, yeah. the scope is so narrow and I work with like a lot of young girls and, you know, sometimes I'll hear like some of the conversations that they have and I'm and you're like, like, girl, there's bigger shit in the world to yeah, worry about. Like, I'm like, yeah. Fuck those bitches that made fun of you because of your hair color, because yeah. they're mean and they're just jealous mm-hmm. and you rock whatever you want to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was, um. That was the case of Skylar Niece. Very, very, very sad, but I'm glad the girls yeah. got caught. Yeah. Even through some of, in my I'm glad opinion, Rachel finally caved in. Yeah, because God only knows how long it would have taken because yeah. what seems so obvious to me for stuff that I feel like they would have really looked into, they weren't really Right. That is weird that into. it took that long and... And you're in a town of 1,800 people. I know I keep bringing up the car, but people, the car, there's only so many well, not light only the colored. Car, but just in general, I mean, put your best detectors on this. You have a missing girl. They let two teenage girls string them along yeah. for months. Months. Before they solved a literal murder. Mm-hmm. 
they were letting two girls fool them into thinking they had no part to do with this. Yeah. That they dropped off a friend. They, they went out for a joyride and they dropped off a friend and that was it. There was so much that could have been like broken down. Like, 100%. let's mess up their stories. Let's break them down. Yeah. Like you said, put them in separate rooms in the same building so you can go back and forth like, nope, let's do this. Did they not think about putting them against each other? Like, going to Rachel or going to Sheila and be like, Rachel just told us everything. Exactly. What do you got to say? Come on, watch a little TV now. I know. <laughs> I mean... I watch, just, a, I watch a lot of Law and Order, and I'm just saying that... We could have done this a little bit faster, <laughs> all right? Like we said, put us on payroll if you got some murders to solve. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, great job. Thank you. Thank you. I know I it's weird to say great case, but Thanks. it's... Uh, yeah. It, it was... That's a good case. I can't believe it took that long to even solve it, but I can't just believe they did it Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening, yeah. guys. I hope I did the case justice and uh, more to come. Yeah. If you haven't already, I just got um, we just got a review on iTunes, and it just reminded me to ask you if you haven't already gone on iTunes and left a review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us get the word out there, and I know that there is you know podcast awards and out there that uh, I you know we'd love to get recognized on, and the way that they those are from people that are getting traffic on those websites so if you have a chance to leave a review we'd really appreciate it and um yeah i think that's it thank you so much yeah thank you bye bye okay so i (laughs) i just have to bring this up because that's all i've been doing for the past like 12 hours well maybe not 12 hours but i started the jeffrey dahmer on netflix oh my gosh oh my god are you like one or two episodes and then a five oh my god yes (laughs) tyson comes home yesterday he's like girl what are you watching and i'm like shut up stop talking oh my gosh (laughs) Yeah, if you haven't seen this already, are you at the? Have you seen the neighbor episode then? Um, like from his apartment. Yes, I mean in the very beginning. I don't know if something happens later on. I've seen like where they have like the actual like like the nine one one call that when she had called, but I think that was in like episode two so i don't i'm really bad at remembering things but there's an episode and this is what i've been telling people who are like oh i haven't seen it yet and but want to if you haven't seen it already it's on netflix um there's an entire episode dedicated to the neighbor's point of view okay then no i haven't gotten from his time living there so i won't give you any spoilers but just seeing that perspective which i don't think has been given in any other documentary or show podcast movie was refreshing just Mm -hmm. to see that they took the time to give her perspective and her point of view her her experience with it and um i just hadn't seen that before so you'll get there but it's i think that was that was one of my favorite episodes no that'd be really i i'm not really heard of course we've heard the stories like of the kid coming out you know the 14 year old right yes so yeah and um her and her daughter's experience with all that and i 
I liked it. It's weird. I know there's a, there's been a lot of backlash with the mm-hmm. series. Um, they're like, oh, it's really gory. And I'm like, um... But it do, was. Do you even know who you're talking about? But it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not fiction. I'm sure. I'm sure some parts are fictionalized. But sure. It's. Um, it took me back to like people saying like, "Oh, it's really gory." I'm like, "Is this? Welcome to the internet. Welcome to true crime. Literally. Did you? <laughs> what did you think Dahmer was about? It's not rainbows and kittens. <laughs> it's not at all. If you I want mean, a unless you're saying don't stories. fuck with cats, <laughs> yes. then there's kittens involved in that. But um, yeah, it's disturbing, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm really excited to get to that episode yeah. then because I could see how that's really refreshing and. Also relatable, too, to, like, I don't know, I guess, without seeing it, I guess I just can imagine, like, being able to put yourself in yeah. her shoes and what her experience was and um, be even more paranoid than I already am. Yeah, and <laughs> Well, the thing is, you know, and I think why, why just in general serial killers are so fascinating is because they tend to blend in and they yeah. tend to try to socialize to the extent that they think is normal and, you know, blend with society and into their communities. And I, well, I'll, I'll say this before I forget Evan Peters though. Holy shit. I was already expecting big things from him he's amazing. because he's a really good actor, yeah. but he knocked this out of the park it's kind of scary and I would love to know more of his thought process and his thoughts like afterwards mm-hmm. to see if it affected him. I was thinking about that too. Cause as I was watching it, I was thinking back to like Zac Efron doing the yes. Ted Bundy one and you know, like it takes so much for actors to get into a mindset of those roles and you know you hear about people over the years like yeah. Heath Ledger is the right. first person that comes to my mind like when you're really diving into a role like that because you're a professional you like the art do, you like yeah. the craft yeah how do you not how do you not let it seep into you a little bit for yeah. at least some amount of time oh yeah i mean just in anything if you try to put yourself in someone else's shoes for any amount of time you you know there's thoughts in your head now forever yeah but i'm sure day in day out recording and redoing scenes oh i can't imagine yeah Ooh. so crazy so sorry i just had no to no no no, no we not at all last time and i also I'm like, want to OMG. um i just saw it today i didn't even know that this was a thing i think in my humble opinion, it might be too soon. Lifetime released a Gabby Petito movie yesterday. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It is, I think, is a little odd. It's been, I think, less than a year since it all wrapped up. Yeah, because it was, um, well, probably a little, oh, since it was wrapped up. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. yeah, I was going to say, we were actually driving through Moab yep. when we were going to Colorado, like, a week and a half before yeah. they were there. So that that was pretty crazy. But yeah, from the wrap up, it's probably been. From all said and done. Was it around found. Christmas time? Or was it before that? Maybe it wasn't quite Christmas. That it wrapped up? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was towards the end of last year for sure, though. Yeah. So that's why it's been like less than a year. Sure, sure. But 
Because she initially, her disappearance was 2019. No, sorry, 20. Because mm-hmm. I remember we were in Arizona when this all broke down. It was my brother's birthday. And even my dad, who's never shown any interest in true crime, was like, they, you no, know. It had to have been 21 because we were heading to Colorado oh, for you're a right. concert. You're right, you're right, yeah, you're right. 20 would so have been 21. right in the thick of everything. But so anyways. it's, um, yeah, I think, it, I mean, it looks to be nothing more than trying to fill in the gaps of their travel time together mm-hmm. and their life together. And maybe, I think it's fictionalized, obviously. I mean, it's Lifetime. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's too soon. Am I going to watch it? Maybe. But <laughs> do I think it's too soon? Yeah. I think it's too soon. I don't I do. think it's going to add anything to no. their story. Um, I think it's a money grab. But Sure. Will it be on? Maybe. Hard maybe. <laughs> Hard yeah. maybe. We'll consider okay. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, so like fun, spooky, Hocus Pocus 2 came out. Oh, I haven't seen it oh, yet. Oh my god! I was just telling Tyson, I was like, he like knows all of our logins to all of that yeah. stuff. And I was like, log into Disney yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch it. It's, uh, we watched it last night and I could not. We both just start. We could not stop laughing. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! It is so like so a, well done. I have FOMO of that yeah. part. I'm like, it's I can't great to another see day. that it's bringing you know kids and adults and everyone together mm-hmm. and watching this. And it's a fun, lighthearted movie. It's um, t- yeah, definitely. I would say go watch that. Make make a night of it if you can. So. I know I've seen so many friends with their kids like setting up these big tables of like Halloween candy and decorations and like you know when it launched like big family hocus pocus night and I'm like Like watch the first one and the second one type too yeah 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 that's fun yeah 